0: Chapter seven of Grace Harlow's Plebee at High School This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine Blashford. Grace Harlow's Plebee at High School by Jessie Graham Flower. Chapter seven. All Halloween Anne called a chorus of boys and girls' voices. Come out and have some fun. Have you forgotten it's Halloween? The door of the Pearson Cottage opened, and Anne appeared on the threshold. I can't," she answered. "I must study tonight." Oh, bother! Lessons!" exclaimed Grace Harlowe. "Skip them for once and join the crowd. We are going Halloweening. Mother allowed it because David Nesbit and Reddy Brooks are along to look after us." Anne looked longingly at the little company. "I'll come," she sighed. Although it was my algebra I was working on, you know, Miss Lee hates me, and if I slip up, she'll be much harder than any of the other teachers. "Hang Miss Lee," said David promptly well let's hang her then exclaimed nora let's dress her up and hang her on the limb of a tree what do you mean by hang her asked grace while anne went in to put on her hat and coat don't you know replied nora you stuff an old dress full of hay and paper make a head out of any old thing put a hat on it and there you have her mighty fine that's an old stunt nora observed david let's have something more improved and up-to-date suppose for instance we use marion's jack-o'-lantern for the head i'll put some little electric bulbs in the eye-holes and attach them to a battery so that we can turn her eyes off and on and we'll ride her on a broomstick in good style only nobody must know it's miss lease who's being effigied urged grace this must be merely for our own private satisfaction everybody promised not to tell everybody promised so with anne safely in tow they started for jessica's house to make the figure here they were not likely to be interrupted jessica's mother was dead and her father spent most of his evenings in his library Half a broomstick with a small pumpkin attached to one end formed the framework of Miss Leese's effigy. A crossbeam gave a human touch to the shoulders, and with the skeleton ready, the business of stuffing an old ulster and hanging it over the figure was simple. Tiny electric bulbs were placed in the eyes and a bonnet tied on the head with a green veil floating behind. Miss Leese, Nora insisted, always wore one growing out of her left ear. There was nothing left to do now but to place the figure in a legless chair that had been nailed to two poles, and the procession was ready. "'She's a very fine lady,' cried Grace, running ahead to get the effect of the absurd lopsided figure, "'whose eyes glared and went out alternately. "'I wish the real Miss L could see herself now. "'She would know exactly what she looks like when she glares at poor little Anne in class. "'Yes, Anne,' said David, "'this shall be your party. "'We are going to give you satisfaction for your wrongs in the only way that lies in our power.' "'Oh, I don't really mind her,' replied Anne. "'Only I'm afraid she'll catch me unprepared some day, and then I will get it in earnest.' it's a perfect outrage exclaimed grace miss lease is so cruel to little anne david that it makes my blood boil i sometimes think she is trying to make anne lose the freshman prize the old hessian cried david who was on a sort of rampage that evening what shall i do to her anne give her an electric shock and he pressed the electric button rapidly up and down which made the eyes glare hideously and go out several times in succession in a town the size of oakdale strolling parties of boys and girls on halloween night made a not unusual sight so when our young people paraded boldly down the main street singing and blowing horns nothing was thought of it what they were doing might be considered exceedingly out of place by a few strait laced persons but boys and girls will have their fun even if it must sometimes be at the expense of other people Certainly, Miss Leese was the most unpopular teacher ever employed in the high school, as far back as memory could reach. She was cruel, strict, and sharp-tongued. Often, her violent, unrestrained temper got the better of her in the classroom. Then she gave an exhibition that was not good for young girls to see. Anne, especially, was the victim of her rages. Poor little Anne, who never missed a lesson, and studied twice as hard as the other girls. Miss Leese had but one weakness, apparently, and that was Miriam Nesbit twice had the faculty convened in secret session to consider miss lisa's case but it had been decided to keep her through the year at least since she was engaged by contract and was moreover an excellent instructor in mathematics so it was no wonder that even this early on in the school year she was the object of dislike to the high school girls but could our girls have foreseen what the evening's fun would bring forth they would never have been so reckless in carrying the effigy about town suppose we take her across the square cried reddy then over the bridge to the old graveyard and hang her on the limb of the apple tree just outside the wall off they started singing at the tops of their voices hang a mean teacher on a sour apple tree hang a mean teacher on a sour apple tree when they reached the centre of the public square where a big electric light shed its rays who should spring out of the shadows from nowhere apparently but miss lise herself nothing escaped her sharp ears and her cold blue eyes neither words of the song nor the figure in detail green veil and all nor anne Pearson, who happened to be standing quite near the effigy at the moment and what was worse and still more incriminating to the guilty merrymakers, the moment they caught sight of her they stopped singing the eyes in the pumpkin suddenly lost their glare and a silent procession wound its way hurriedly from the square good heavens cried grace why did we stop the song if we had only gone right ahead it wouldn't have looked half as bad it was a mistake admitted david gravely especially as she seemed to have seen anne first of all anne if she walks into you tomorrow morning you can just lay the blame on me do you hear i got up the whole party and i'm willing to stand for it no no cried anne that wouldn't be fair david i couldn't think of doing that well you are not to get the blame at any rate said david if i have to go up and make a confession to the principal herself let's go and hang her now anyhow cried reddy we'll take no half measures with old queen bess but somehow the spice of the adventure seemed to have gone out of it it really would be dangerous now said grace she would be certain to hear of it and make it worse for all of us why not burn her put in nora who was afraid of nothing and had often looked at the scolding teacher with such cold laughing eyes that even miss Leese was disconcerted good cried several of the others we will take her down below the bridge and burn her as a witch no one objected to this since the ashes of the effigy would tell no tales once more they started singing merrily we roll along as they marched out of the village crossed the bridge over the little river and finally paused on the bank below plant the pole in deep said david so she won't topple and fix her up to suit yourselves girls while we get the faggots the boys began to search about for dried sticks and twigs while the girls were arranging the figure for her funeral pyre "'Suddenly there was a wild war-whoop. "'A crowd of boys dashed out of a thicket nearby, "'each one carrying a lighted jack-o'-lantern on top of a pole "'and surrounded the effigy of the teacher. "'Help!' cried the girls, "'trying to defend the absurd thing from the attack, "'but they were too late. "'One of the boys seized the pole and rushed off in the darkness. "'Miss Leese, in effigy, had been kidnapped in an instant "'before David and his friends had had time to realise what had happened. "'Which way did they go?' he asked breathlessly. "'Through the thicket,' cried Grace.' and the whole crowd dashed after the kidnappers. It was great fun for everybody except Anne, who was too tired to keep up the chase for long and was soon lagging behind the others. David saw her and turned back. "'You are too little for all this junketing, Anne,' he said kindly. "'Suppose I take you home, shall I?' "'I wish you would, David,' answered the girl. "'I'm just about ready to drop. I'm so tired.' Taking her arm, he helped her over the ruts and rough places until they finally emerged from the wood and started on the road to town, there were many other halloween parties out that night singing and laughing was heard in every direction it's like a play said anne only everything is behind the scenes don't think i haven't enjoyed it david just because i got tired i never played with boys and girls of my own age before what fun it is isn't it replied the young man i love to get out once in a while and have a good time like this i find i can work all the better after it's over presently the others caught up with them breathless and laughing miss leece is stolen cried grace before ever she was hanged or burned i do wonder what they'll do with her oh leave her in the woods responded reddy to scare the birds away good-night anne continued grace david will take you home we go this way don't be frightened about tomorrow. i doubt if she says anything and if she does we are all implicated the young people separated still singing and laughing never dreaming of the storm brewing from their evening's prank "'Anne,' pursued David, as they strolled down River Street together, "'when I make my flying machine, will you be afraid to take a sail with me?' "'Never,' replied Anne, "'but I wish it had been made in time to carry me away from Miss Lees tomorrow morning.' And Anne's words had more meaning than either of them realised at the time. Imagine the surprise and horror of the Halloween party when, next morning, they discovered the effigy of Miss Lees planted right in front of the girls' high school, and the teacher herself was the first to see the impious outrage.' End of chapter 7